Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Welcome, people. We got a good one for you today. We got a real good one for you. (laughs) So we are excited to be here. Uh, As you can see, we have a very special guest with us this morning, Miss Hope Dems. I don't know whether to call you attorney, reverend, talk show host, minister, all of the above, but welcome, Hope. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And what's funny is that this year I started going by Sharita Hope in certain circles. So I'm just getting all the monikers, but Hope is fine. Love you. I'm so glad to be here. I love it. They're catching on because I have called you Sharita for years, ever since you told us to stop calling you Hopi, because that was your <laughs> nickname. You was like, okay, we're doing away with that. Come up with Hopi. Why we not calling her Hopi? They waited till I got grown to call me a baby name, but it's okay. Mm. My guy children and niece and nephews can do it. <laughs> oh, Auntie Hopi, I like that. I like that. So, whew. well, y'all, we were just talking earlier. It's been a week. It's been a week, but how you holding up? How you doing, Toya? Um, it's been a struggle. Um, I don't know <laughs> a lot of people. Well, if you know us, you know that Ryan was in car accident and totaled one of our cars but he's doing okay um so it's just been a rough week from all kinds of different angles but we are hanging in there and keeping our heads up girl one just one step at a time that's all i can say i'm so sorry to hear that oh goodness i'm glad he's doing okay though like that yeah is, is the most important thing. I mean, of course, you're looking at, we're down a car, but thank God he's okay. So, mm-hmm. whew, wow. Well, we will continue to keep you and your family in our prayers, Toya, because I know that's a lot, a lot. So thank you. Thank you for pressing through and making it through with us this morning. Yes. All right, y'all, we're gonna uh, jump in, but before we do, I have to do a formal introduction to our guest this morning. So I'm just gonna read a short bio. Doesn't doesn't nearly do her as much justice, but we're just gonna, gonna read a little bit so you know a little bit about who you're gonna be hearing from today, okay? So Hope Demps is an attorney, a minister, a producer, a professor, and she was born and raised in small Florida town called <laughs> County, Florida. <laughs> After living and practicing law in Atlanta, Georgia for almost 20 years, she's returned to her roots and is making her way as a newbie in the Trump era rural legal community. Ain't that a mouthful, it's real though. Her experiences and skills in counseling, advocacy, and litigation ensure the marginalized be heard and that victims live lives that are protected. She currently provides injunction services to citizens of rural North Central Florida with the Certified Domestic Sexual Violence Center, as well as Refuge House, and runs her own law practice, the Hope Demps Law Group, which serves clients in Georgia and Florida. 
And I have to give a shout out to her amazing show, The Hope More Show, uh, which actually inspired this episode. So check it out when you are able. Um, you can actually uh, experience it on YouTube. And if I'm not mistaken, has it gone into syndication or become a part of a larger network that you want to share? Yes, in March, even though we did a, a sneak peek lap this week, in March, I will be joining the Daily Gospel Network. Um, and you can find Daily Gospel Network on Apple TV, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, and also dailygospelnetwork.tv, where my show, which I love to have on Wednesdays because I don't call it hump day, I call it hope day, um, will be featured on the Gospel uh, Daily Gospel Network on at 8.30 a.m. on um, Wednesdays, but it also will preview the night before at 9 at Daily Gospel Network International. And then if I call it like our after party, it'll show the same show on Friday nights at 7.30 on the Daily Gospel Network Plus. So I'm very excited. It's gonna be a 30 minute show. So if you're used to my live streams, uh, we're gonna be using that opportunity to sort of like get the best out of those shows. Um, to put in 30 minutes format, but I, I am still on Facebook and YouTube and we'll continue our live show most likely 5.30 Wednesday night. So thank you for giving the shout out, but we're really excited, really, really excited about that opportunity and that partnership. Absolutely. Congratulations. That's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. When you're and I forgot to mention one more thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was her boss for like two seconds. Um, but when I started my 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 first entree into solo practice was from my little Buckhead apartment. And Maya was my, I, it's, it's, she was more than assistant. She was like executive assistant because she did everything from writing out my bills. That's how much I trusted her. She had my checkbook. She had a key to my house. She knew if I didn't come home at night and we'll talk about that a little bit later but um she was just out of college and um she blessed me with her organization skills and um so i just had to throw that in there i don't know if she ever would add that to any of her resume but <laughs> i started to mention that when i was reading your bio because i had a flashback when i said dim flaw group i was like Yes, Demp's Law Group, because yes, you did. You gave me my first legit job out of college. We were literally, um, we were on the praise team together at our church standing. And they said, you know, turn to your neighbor, have them pray for something, you know. And I was like, I need a job. Can you pray I get a job? And she was like, actually, <laughs> I'm looking for an assistant. So literally, I was went to court with her the first day. In you helped me choose a jury. I sure did. I sure did. But I learned a lot in that role. And you set me up for success in my future roles to this day. So I, it was more than just a small job or endeavor. Like, you literally laid the foundation for a lot of my administrative and organizational and executive skills at that. So thank you very much. You're a godsend. I wouldn't have been able to do anything without you for real. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Flashback. All right, y'all, we got a hot topic today, but you know how we do before we get into it. There was a lot going on with current events. A lot, a lot, a lot. So. First and foremost, we got to talk what's trending. I don't know if anybody watched the Super Bowl. Well, I'm yes. sure. Actually, I heard that Rihanna's performance, her halftime show, was like one of the most streamed. I 
somebody said of all time i find it hard to believe but it was definitely more streamed the halftime show was more streamed than the rest of the um you know <laughs> the game yeah so all that to say what did y'all think of the performance and then also too what are your thoughts on the debut of the baby bump for number two baby number two i thought the performance was um very artistically done well. I like the coordination of the colors mm-hmm. and different things. Um, I was like, oh my goodness. When I was pregnant, like I was like <laughs> off balance. So I was like, how is she in the air not looking a little like panicked? But she was like suspended in the air, pregnant. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was good. Well, I thought she was really phenomenal i'm not like a really big rihanna fan i mean i appreciate some of her songs and i think because when amaya i used to go to the same church destiny and they, we were renowned for switching songs over and making him kingdom focused so diamonds to yeah. me i think of worship when i hear diamonds um so different songs i'm like i know i don't know the words but i know our words um but i thought it was very true to her artistry. She's not known for dancing. She has swag. And that whole show was full of swag. And even the idea that the dance moves, most of them were not necessarily really hard, but you had to have like super swag to just, what was that? Like, yeah, she was like leaning over like, like, go ahead, Rihanna. (laughs) And I can only imagine that it may have been the most streamed because it was 13 minutes of straight songs. They were like, really very few interludes. There weren't a bunch of special guests. So it was very easy to watch. It, Cause sometimes things are so exciting. Um, it's sort of it, like it, hard to get in one setting. Um, but I could see that because it was just, it was just bangers. She just sent her bangers, you know? And I just thought the fact that she had a baby bump was even cuter. Cause everybody was like, is she pregnant? Wait a minute, is she pregnant? No, she can't be pregnant. Like, wait, did she rub her stomach? So I watched again just to see if what I thought she did is what she did, rub her stomach, or was she patting her nether regions, you know? So I thought it was smart of her and for her to stay in her vein. And the pregnancy just gave her a great excuse for why she didn't do more dancing or singing live. But uh, she don't dance really. She don't. But it was it was a a good performance. I agree with what you were saying, Toya, about the artistry. I thought the floating... um, uh, stages and platforms were cool. I will say, though, I was a little disappointed that she didn't bring out nobody. I was thinking, you know, this would be a great time for Jay or Yay or somebody to come out there and just do a little, just a little something, you know, but, you know, she had to, you know, floss and be like, hey, I, I did, I did this and this is me. So we'll see. But at the same time, I'm like, Rihanna is so beyond music. She's like, <laughs> Where's my next deal? Where where do I sign? You know that little makeup break was giving. <laughs> it was. It was. Like, <laughs> I mean, and really, does Rihanna do a lot of duet? I'm not duets. What do they call them? Collabos. I mean, music. She featured. I mean, well, first of all, all of the lights is yay. So, and I did think about the grants because I know that's like one of their songs. I see you in the chat, Alfie. She talking about Drake would have been nice too. But you know, she she did a lot of um, uh, wild thoughts uh, with the uh, that was DJ Khaled and uh, what's my boy's name? Oh, what is my boy's name? His name is escaping me right now. If y'all remember, you can put it in the chat. Um, 
my husband, babe, who, who's Wild Thoughts with? But the, uh, you know who I'm talking about. But anyways, she's done songs with other people that she could have had in there. So all that to say, it wouldn't have been a far reach to just have somebody come. Thank you, Bryson Tiller. It wouldn't have been hard thing to just be like, okay, you know, let me just have somebody come out and do a little cameo. She was like, nope, it's all me. So, and I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. So, but I'm excited. I'm excited about her and baby number two, her growing family. So we shall see what is to come. All right. Anything else on Miss Riri before we go on to topic number two? I saw the Vogue cover with um yes asap see uh-huh. i'm so saved i really don't know these characters but he had the baby daddy and they're holding the baby mm-hmm. and all of that is so beautiful and sleek um but i think it's really interesting that we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about because really it's promoting you know babies out of wedlock and fornication so it's sort of like oh my god that's so cool whoa what am i yeah. talking about like, yeah that's why I'm like, when families start to grow like that, I'm like, I hope y'all make it official, you know? I hope y'all make it official real soon. So we'll see. But uh, on to topic number two, has a lot of twists and turns. We kind of talked a little bit about this last week uh, when Beyonce uh, announced her tour dates and, you know, broke the Grammy record. Uh, but it, it got a little, got a little crunk. Crunk is old school. My bad, y'all. It got it got a little it got a little out of hand, a little wild this week. Okay, so all that to say, uh, Pastor Tiffany Montgomery she went viral for rebuking, and we being polite, rebuking the Beehive. She was rebuking Beyonce too. All that to say, she was like, uh, if you call yourself a Christian, you don't need to be going to no Beyonce show. And she broke that thing down, really just talking about a lot of the. Uh, sorcery and witchcraft that um, Beyonce and her music allegedly, I'm going to use the word, (laughs) stand for. Uh, But there were a lot of people that joined the conversation. Of course, you know, her her, uh, co-peer in Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams had to chime in and she was like, you know, if anything, we need to pray for people that we find that are struggling instead of openly rebuking them. And then we had an amazing post from Jackie Hill Perry this week. And she was like, I don't normally weigh in on stuff like this, but I, I got to talk about this. And she just basically just shared her personal journey, which I really appreciated. And she was honest. She was like, I love Beyonce. I, I She's a dope artist. I think she's amazingly creative. One of my first CDs was Destiny's Child CD. And she was like, but I really, when I asked God, and this is her thing, she personally asked God, like, what, you know, what strongholds are there in my life? Beyonce came to the surface. And she, as the researcher that she is, did the research and really laid out, you know, how there are very much uh, demonic works attached to a lot of her content specifically as of late. Now she said for her, the shift was with Lemonade. I will say honestly, before then, I felt like it started happening. For me, probably the shift was right around Drunk in Love, which was, I think the album right before Lemonade, if I'm not mistaken. Well, maybe, yeah, but all that to say, I felt like when she went that whole ratchet, raunchy kind of it wasn't just i'm in love here it is take it or leave it but i mean it 
literally just began to escalate. So all that to say, we had a lot of people weigh in on this Beyonce controversy. Okay. So just want to hear y'all's feedback. What are your thoughts? Do you, are you a Beyonce fan? Do you think there's any validity to anything that any of these people said from Pastor Tiffany Montgomery to Michelle Williams to Jackie Hill Perry? What are your thoughts? Well, I think Tiffany was all the way right. Um, and I loved in looking at some of the comments on the Jackie um, Hill Perry post that I thought represented what I thought, like Tiffany is prophetic and Jackie's a teacher. And I think we need both. And then on the other side, I love the fact that Michelle, I mean, that was a really tight rope she had to walk. Yeah. But I saw no lies in what she said, even sharing that she's called or excuse me, Jackie referred to, which I thought was maybe Michelle, that some are called to influence the influencers and I'm called to influence those who are being influenced. Does that make sense? Yes. So when Michelle was like, I know you believe the person I'm referring to as I make this comment, you know, we need to pray. But I thought she's also stood up in a very diplomatic way when she even noted like, hey, you know, it may be that, you know, someone's popping bottles and dropping like it's hot. I thought that was a direct, not jab, but reference to church girl. So I thought her saying, at least initially, why don't we be quicker to pray for mm -hmm. an artist, an artistry that we see that doesn't represent God, than to rebuke them. So mm -hmm. I thought all three, there's room in it, and they were all, I detected no lies. And But for me, is Drunken Love where she said, bow down bees? Was that the album? Girl, I'm not the one to be dissecting these lyrics. I can't remember. I cannot I remember. <laughs> I've not been like this huge Beyonce fan, but when I think about the very few secular artists whose albums or songs are in my playlist, she appears, especially her early stuff. And um, so Bow Down B was my first time where I was, well, I would never pay for a ticket, right? Um, but but if somebody Bow Down Bs, I was like, who's she talking to, right? Yeah. And then when she used or chose to say, God D, God D on Flawless, even though I like the song Flawless, I was like, it was just so, you know, affronting that I was like, I can't in good conscience be like down with this. So um, yeah, the last songs I have from her, I think was whatever Love on Top was, yeah. you know? Um, but I also though have always wanted and believe that she came from a space of Christ. I've seen videos where she talked about Christ. I've even seen videos where some European little girl was like, I became a Christian because of you. Because Destiny Child comes Gosh. from a scripture in the Bible, and they used to talk about going to church together. Wow. So when she married or dated Jehovah, mm. I was like, we need to pray because she's connecting with a person who does not identify as a Christian, in fact, calls himself basically the nickname of God. Mm -hmm. So I've been concerned about her for a moment, mm -hmm. but now she is basically taking on the form of a high priestess. And I, she's too smart for it to be accidental. Mm. Well, all right. Go ahead, Toy. <laughs> yes. Um, I've, I've watched all the video clips and... I've been reading all the comments and different things as well. Um, I would say first, um, Pastor Tiffany, 
Um, I think she made some really great points in her sermon about the gateways. And that I definitely think all of that is true. The things that we allow into our spirit, through our eyes, through our ears, you have to be very careful of that um, because it is a gateway to other things. Um, I definitely think her delivery and her tone may not have been received by others well. And I think sometimes, um, a lot of times that's when people that are not uh, Christians or believers in God, they get turned off from us when they hear stuff like that um, in the manner that it was delivered. Um, I think it's important that we show grace to others and let their Holy Spirits guide them on their decisions. Because I know she was um, criticizing Christians for going um, to the concert. And I say, you need to pray for Pray for people to have their Holy Spirits convict them of their choices and their decisions and just kind of show grace and show love because God, um, his number one commandment is to show love to, to others. Um, I think Michelle, I love how she uh, was definitely um, saying like you have to, if you're going to publicly condemn someone to hell and stuff like that, it's also important to publicly pray for them, yeah. which is a very key point as the believers, we should be praying. Uh, we need to, we need to be more prayerful for the world. Like just looking at all the different things that's going on in the world is definitely spiritual war, warfare going on um, right now. And I definitely think we need to be more in tune spiritually. Um, and then with Jackie Hill, Perry, I loved her as well because she was breaking it down by scripture and uh, she did her research and uh, analyzed it. Um, and I totally agree that we do need more wisdom um, in Proverbs, how it talks about blessed are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding. Um, wisdom, if, we, if you have wisdom, then it, get, it guides you on all of your decisions even the small decisions from day to day, like, should I go to, to this Beyonce concert? You know, let your Holy Spirit guide you and you do your own research and you figure out if your spirit is okay with that. So yes. that's my two cents. That's so good. That's girl. That's more than two cents. That's good though. But for real, you do, you have to, especially if you call, in the words of Tiffany Montgomery, you call yourself a Christian. If you call yourself a Christian, it makes me think of your friend, Roy T. Barrett. But anyways, after Roy T. Barrett. And you call yourself a Christian. If you call yourself a Christian, then like literally go to seek out God in your own personal time, in your own personal relationship via the Holy Spirit that he has placed on the inside of you. And I'll say this. If you get a check, don't override it. Do not override the check because it's there for a reason. And don't be mad if somebody get a check or you and, and you don't, or if you get a check and somebody else don't. Like literally, we all have different callings in this life, and we are all influenced differently by different people in different ways for different reasons. So, like literally, go to your prayer closet and see what God has to say about it for you specifically, you know. And and I agree, definitely we should be praying 
for those that are on those platforms. You know, definitely praying for the Beyonce's, praying for Michelle Williams, praying for Tiffany Montgomery, praying for Jackie Hill Perry, these people that have incredible followings because with those followings come, you know, incredible attacks, quite honestly, you know, and, and we talked last week a little bit about the weight of glory and how no one is meant to carry that glory apart from God because we all will crumble underneath it. So the word for today is pray. <laughs> so we will just say pray. Anything else on what's trending before we dive in, y'all? And we do have to dive in because we've got a lot to cover. Anything well, else? Well, if I can say with Tiffany, mm -hmm. um, only because I've, I've seen her before. And if you are one of the people who watch her, then that was not a surprise to you that mm -hmm. her standing. She is very bold. And I think because the enemy is being not the enemy, the influences on people that show evil intentions has been so bold, like at the Grammys. I mean, yeah, unholy. I, I heard the song before because I heard the cover done by Austin Crew. But I when I saw the presentation, I was like, how many hellfire performances do we have to have? You know, whether it's um, the 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 rapper I can't remember who had the sneaker with the blood in it and mm. and I was like we have to have in my opinion Tiffany's because yeah. we have unholy presentations at the Grammys for those who were like sleeping through it listen so even if you got offended if you have Holy Spirit in you I believe you are at least um, provoked to go to God you could not just ignore it like oh yeah. I don't know you're like oh wait a minute even if like jackie said a year ago she would have been one of the ones like okay god bless you i'm still going mm -hmm. so the idea that that revelations come at different times but if it's holy spirit and your heart is open he's not going to let you go he's yeah. not going to let you go and that's a blessing whether we realize it or not you know when the holy spirit grips us like that so all right y'all pray 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 all right, on to the topics at hand. So I have to admit, I have to admit, it was a couple months ago, I was watching the Hope More show and you did this amazing episode, Hope, on confessions of an ex-bride-to-be. And I was like, oh, snap, oh, snap. I gotta tune in, I gotta tune in. And you kept saying, y'all, I don't know how long this is gonna be up. I don't know how long the Lord's gonna allow me to keep this video up. But I was like, let me go ahead and watch this thing. But first of all, I just, and I've always um, admired you for your transparency, um, but I admired you, your transparency, but I also commended you for doing the work. Like there, it, it, it was obvious as you were sharing that there was real heart and soul work that you had done in yourself to really dissect, okay, what you know what is my part in these circumstances that i've experienced regarding past relationships and what do i need to address confess you know whatever in my own life regarding these past relationships so i just want to commend you for you know doing the work but then also being brave and and courageous enough to you know share it with so many others because we all have benefited from it. So I just want to commend you. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Maya. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That was a really weird show because I was like, Lord, <laughs> especially now that I 
assist my parents in ministering and pastoring that, you know, just the idea of what I say, not just being about what follows me, but I, you know, my parents, you know, they're old school. So like, don't be telling your business. But just as we were talking before regarding the whole Rihanna and then the Beyonce situation, this generation is looking for authenticity. So even if it's like not good authenticity, they're like, well, at least it's keeping it real. Um, and, so I just felt like I couldn't even do the show without saying, okay, well, amen, open it up. So we're going to be opening it up today. Amen. <laughs> so you want to kick us off with topic number one. Yes. And I also want to say um, thank you as well for being so open. I, I watched the episode. And I can tell you were um, kind of like struggling a little bit at first, like, oh, no, Lord, you know, you were waiting for other people to come in. And I was, and then you were like, I'm not, I'm not, um, what did you say? You said, I'm not trying to, uh, I guess, like stall, but kind of. <laughs> so, but you got it out. And so I just really appreciate uh, the transparency of that episode um, as well. So let's kick it off with, sex. Um, we want to talk a little bit about abstinence versus purity and your thoughts on the difference between the two. Um, what's the difference between abstinence and purity in your opinion? Well, I think this is such a great question to start off with because I come from like the purity culture. A lot of us may have experienced it, whether you identified with um, the book, you know, Oh my God, it's like kids dating goodbye, or you did like the ceremonies, the purity ceremonies with your parents if you would commit not to have sex until marriage. Or like my mom, she had abstinence clubs in schools. Um, so to sort of counteract sexual education, it seemed for a lot of parents to be concerning that are promoted fornication or sex before adulthood. Um, and all those things were great, but I think what sometimes came of it was either an overindulgence of will worship, like, I'm not going to have sex, you know? Um, and then on the other side, to think that as long as the penis didn't go into the vagina, you are still abstinent in a way that God, you know, applauded. And the truth of it is, will worship and sort of like always going to the boundary, that does not equate purity purity i believe is having the heart of god to see what he sees to love what he loves and hates what he hates so, so in a purity context our goal or my goal or what i find to be true is that we do not win over the battle against fornication and singles by willing ourselves to not be a part of something or engaging in everything but, but it's to like literally fill ourselves with the spirit of God, with his word, literally fighting, if you would, not fighting, um, like the Bible doesn't say fight lust, it says flee. Amen. There's a reason, because all people lose. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna sleep right here by him with mm. my pajamas on and mm. we won't touch. Mm. By the third date, you're touching and you, no, you're naked maybe. Like it's like you're not supposed to play with it. We're not supposed to play. We're supposed to flee. And um, so 
the difference I believe is that in purity culture, what we what I find to be effective is it's not like, oh God, I can't have this thing I want, or oh, I'm so wrong to have these thoughts. It's like, okay, I gotta go change my thoughts. Like, what else can I focus on? Like, you know. I got, you know, that's why I definitely believe in volunteerism and being involved as even young people, because if you're not involving your mind in the things of God and things that are noble, what do you say? Think of things that are pure and noble of good report. Um, if it has any virtue, like think on those things because a blank mind does not like necessarily mean you're godly. And the Bible says in Matthew that only the pure, well, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And so, you could be absent and not see or discern anything of God because your whole, the whole premise is like, I didn't have intercourse, you know, I didn't do it. But if you're dealing with masturbation and pornography, how about you are still abstinent, but you're not pure. Mm. Come on. But in dealing with purity, it's like, Lord, you take over. And I would just suggest that anyone, I love this pastor. He's originally from the Ukraine. Um, he's in the States now, Vlad Shava. I think it's S-A-V-C-H-U-K. He has great teachings on purity. And he himself, even though he was um, fired for God at a young age, he dealt with secretly pornography. And he has a great, not only testimony, but teaching on purity that follows the line of being pure is not, I'm just not gonna do it. I'm not gonna touch, I'm not gonna do it. It's like, okay, God, I'm, I'm being tempted. Or my natural instinct may be to like, engage so i need to get involved with something else what are you doing in the spirit world what can i involve myself in the scripture and prayer what yeah. <laughs> what can i do to just get out of this house and not be bored you know uh, what can i do at nighttime when i want to touch myself like literally having a conversation yeah. with the lord like give me your thoughts and where i feel like i am dealing with this thing that seems so overwhelming and it almost seems unfair god i'm 49 my body was supposed to be having babies and having sex it doesn't know my flesh doesn't care that salvation is a part of my my life you're right so but it's that part that makes you feel like oh it doesn't even matter as long as i don't put the penis in the vagina i'm good and we can lie to ourselves so i do think that that's what's different abstinence is just literally the strict law of no penis in a vagina so you can say you didn't fornicate or, or genitalia in any orifice how about that and purity is like god i just want to please you i want to do what you want me to do so the same purity that takes to not gossip to not hate you know when you have every right to when like you know to be angry is the same purity in mind just in a different frame that we need to be pure when it comes to our sexuality and sex. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Oh, you said a lot. And um, I, I did uh, my second book that I wrote, I um, researched this topic because I found that if you were like me and you grew up in a very, I grew up Pentecostal, strict household, um, yes. where we, and we didn't really even have any conversations in my household about the topic of 
sex, we never <laughs> really talked about it. Um, when I started dating, you know, my mom was just like, well, you know what the Bible says. <laughs> and that was it. That was the extent of our sex talks. You know what the Bible says. Um, <laughs> bless mama, bless mama. I, I feel like I feel like it's not enough. Um, it's not enough. It wasn't enough um, just saying to me, well, you know what the Bible says. Like, And so I feel like as Christian women, um, we need to find a space to be authentic and transparent and develop tools and strategies on how to speak to our kids about abstinence and purity. Don't just tell them, you know what the Bible says, <laughs> and just send them out there in the world. Um, so I, I wrote a book called Secrets of the Sexy and Shameless, and I I interviewed a lot of women, men, uh, married, single, from all types of stories and backgrounds, and we really dived in deep about you know, the whole topic of, of abstinence, purity. How do you maintain purity as a single person while you're dating? Um, and just what, it, what, what does it mean to walk this life? And what are some practical strategies um, that you can uh, teach your children and have conversations with them about being pure and ab abstaining until you get married? So um, check out the book if you're listening. It's called Secrets of the Sexy and Shameless. I love that. So I do want you to tell us um, how, what are some tools and strategies that you can give Becoming Eva audience about how to maintain purity um, while you're dating? Well, it's really interesting because when I saw that may be needing to answer that question, I really had to look at myself because I have had, you know, I'm 49. So if you consider like 16 as an age, you can sort of date a lot of people, you know, like traditional parents sometimes, like when you're 16. So I've had like a long, several decades of dating opportunities and age progression had different tools and still do. And there are times that I've been oh gosh, just, you know, platinum level successful. And there's other times I'm like, Lord, but for the grace, I would be a hoe because I'm having a hoe yeah. moment right now. Um, so when I was under 18, um, oh my God, when I was under 18, you know, it was deplorable. I was the president of a celibacy club or abstinent club. I, we would call it abstinent, uh, abstinent club. And so being a part of different organizations as a young person that promoted um, purity and abstinence is very helpful because peer pressure at that time is really huge. And even now to know that like, you know, the things that may have tempted me in my 20s, kids in their 10s, 10s, and like, you know, pre-progressing kids are doing oral sex and I'm just like, whoa. But yeah. um, so I would say, especially for teenagers, um, being a part of groups, whether it's FCA, it may not even be something with a placard, right? Um, that says we support, you know, abstinence here, but that's very helpful. And if you're a parent, and people may disagree, but I think one of my biggest salvations of why, even though um, that I was able to maintain my virginity for decades as an adult was I did not grow up 
with full access to sex with music. Mm. I think, especially the lyrics that are in in songs today, if I would have had <laughs> 16 years of that access, yeah, it would have been over with. Because So I think for parents even, even the stuff that you may think is cleaner now, I don't know what it is about in the 80s and the 60s music was clean. Now the 80s music is clean. You know, we had sexual healing in the 80s. You really, those messages and directions, the older you get in the body maturing, it now makes sense. Like, ooh, I feel that tingling. So I think the lack of that exposure helped me maintain. In my 20s, I also was a part of organizations that supported godly living. I was part of a campus ministry that supported godly living. And there was not this pressure and there was not this, um, there was a pressure to be holy and there was a pressure to not think of dating as just something you do. Dating was something you do when you're ready for marriage. I'm a sophomore, I'm not ready for marriage. So it really supported me in those areas. Now with the age progression came greater, greater problems in the sense of it went from, oh, I don't listen to this music. I'm not really exposed to a lot of the media on a consistent basis, but now I'm going into my thirties. My friends are all married. My friends are no longer mostly virgins. Even if they're in the church, they're having babies. I want to get married. I want to have sex. I want to have babies. I'm in a relationship. We're not kissing. We're not holding hands. We're going to save that all for marriage. Our first kiss is going to be our wedding day. And for me, to get real, real honest, the person I was in a relationship with literally started doing premarital counseling type stuff, admitted that he wasn't, that he struggled with finding me sexually attractive. So here I am a virgin, not even putting sexual attraction in a dating relationship as even a goal. I'm like, that comes when you open the fire, right? Um, that was not the reason we broke up. And that was not perpetual. It wasn't like, oh, I just think you're ugly. But like, he admitted he struggled with that. I didn't even know why that was an issue because I never really valued that and at the time i didn't even experience that um so when we broke up without even trying the enemy set up something so we said tools i was like at the time god you disappointed me i did everything right and sexual attraction now is a priority in my dating life mm. so going to my 30s if i'm blatantly honest was probably some of my biggest failures regarding purity but a lot of it was dealing with feeling rejected and rebellion is often a twin rejection you feel rejected you're like you know what i'm gonna <laughs> i didn't try to throw away and even if it was a long distance i had seasons where i was like knocking my head against the wall like what is wrong with me i'm a worshiper you know um and so in my 30s the tool that I found helpful, and I don't know if this is going to help everybody, when I became accountable to people who I would feel more shame, I'm using that word, 
or embarrassment about if I failed. So I shared this story. Maya knows it well. And this and again, remember, purity is, is not just old idea of sex. But I was dating someone and I didn't come home one night. And Maya worked in my my house. And she went into my room and saw that my bed was perfectly made up. And I guess she knew me enough to know that that's not normally what happened. And she hadn't heard me all day. And then she checked my messages. And I had this thing where if I went out with someone sort of suspect, I would leave a message like, we are going to the 102 Club. Da, 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 and his name is this. And she was freaking out. And she was this close to calling. Who you call? Oh, gosh. I think I called your best friend. She Yeah. And then Crystal, my best friend, was like, I was this close to calling your parents. Now, at the time, I came up with a lie. So here's the truth. If you're not telling your accountability the truth, the accountability doesn't work. But there came a point that I shared it with people who I knew would not allow me to get away with it. And for me, what got me sort of straight in a lot of ways was <sighs> confessing it to my godly <laughs> pastor parents. My mother came and spent two weeks with me. You would have thought I was in rehab for drugs. <laughs> she was like, the woman I know, the anointing on your life, the sincere, authentic way you have carried yourself thus far, this is so not like you, something, you need some intervention. And, um, and I'm gonna give you this, cause I know we got so many more questions, but in that season, even though God, what I think about, I was like, I would never tell about, tell it again. Cause I did go through years feeling like I was still being looked at as like, are you having mm -hmm. sex with your harlot? But mm -hmm. she was like, when you are dealing with hunger, when you're angry, when you're lonely and tired, you need to halt because that's when your your felt needs are not being met and you're at your weakest. That's why, you know, Jacob and Esau, he gave away his purpose because of hunger. The devil came to Jesus when he was hungry. So it can literally be like, I need to go eat something. That's so good. I don't need to go out on this day because I'm dealing with some anger. And I may be like, I just need to feel relief. Especially if you feel like in like owed something. I thought I was owed something by God. Mm. I was owed a husband. I was owed this experience. So I'm gonna get it how I can get it. I'm lonely. Go talk to friends. Go make a friend. Go just hang out. Go to the movies where the strangers are, right? And tired. I mean, I think for me, during that time, going into my 30s, I started a business. I was tired. I was, I felt like I had two full-time jobs, my business and the ministry and all this kind of stuff. And when I was with the person who I chose to have sex with for the first time, I felt like I didn't have a care in the world. He took care of me. Wow. And I just felt like that was a relief that you know, sometimes like, man, if I would have just gone to sleep, if I would have just maybe, because I did get out of ministry, I sat myself down secretly, like, I can't do this. And most people thought it was just because I started a business, but I was like, I didn't want to be struck, struck by God. So what's funny is like, when we're younger, 
people are more open for accountability because the temptation and the opportunity is not as great, in my opinion. The older I get, the harder it is to choose accountability, but the more powerful tool it is because it's not just like, oopsie. It's like, come on now. Come on now. You know, yeah. you got a Tiffany Montgomery moment. You know, you may have some Jackie Hill Perry moments, but you have some Tiffany moments. And sometimes, I won't use the word shame. It takes someone reflecting who you are, that you trust, that you're like, okay, I am not this person. This person is a person that does not have Holy Spirit following or following the Holy Spirit. And then I would say in my 40s, let's say, the truth of it is, my 40-year-olds out there, raise your hands, who are not married. <laughs> I thought it was a rumor or a myth that um, a woman's sex drive is, like, prominent in her 40s. Like, that's just a, until I hit my 40s. I even looked at little boys with big muscles as, oh, he's fine. Like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> your body literally is like, all right, you don't have, your body, like, historically like on the anthropological line is like okay you've had your children normally and now you're about to go into menopause so we're going to drive it up so we get those eggs going and you're like thinking you're crazy so with accountability i literally found that asking other women who like just being honest with them about different things and for me in the 40s, if I'm honest, I probably connected more with people I didn't know personally. Because now I'm feeling like I should have this whole purity yeah. thing down pat. But one mm -hmm. of the best advice pieces I got was from a woman who deals in deliverance. And I was like confessing all this stuff to her and like what was going on in my mind, what I was dealing with. Like I had never dealt with certain things before. Like I'd never been tempted to masturbate before. It was just like, What's happening? I'm turning into like in my head, a character from Sex and the City, like Samantha. And she was like, hmm, when did you have your period last? Okay. Okay, so that was around the time you went out on that date. So you don't need to go on dates during that time of the month because wow. you become more needy. She gave me so many practical like like, you know, it made me feel less crazy, right? Yeah. It made me feel like it wasn't just sin. It was like, even if I'm feeling a Holy Ghost feel, fire, ain't nothing gonna touch me, we can't go out this week. Yeah. Because I got some issues. And here's the last tool I'll share, and that goes through all the decades, but particularly in your 40s plus, because I feel like there are more men, if I'm being honest, um, when you're younger, who will put up with, oh, I'm saving it for marriage. A lot of men think it's cute. By the time you're in your 40s, so many people, the hookup culture, we think the teenagers and the 20-year-olds, the hookup culture is real after 40. Like, what? Saving it after the first night? What? Mm -mm. And this is ministers, pastors, deacons. So this last tool I'm going to share <laughs> is that after 40s, even in a greater way than your 20s and 30s, you just have to, and know it's hard, sisters. And and I'm not even, I have not been always successful in this. You gotta find a man who has the same standard. Come on. And I know it's even harder because 
it's harder, even if they're struggling, but they can at least confess that's God's best. And so let's do it. They have to walk in agreement, not just in sort of permissiveness of, oh, if that's what you want to do. Because for me, oh, tell all my business. If I date someone like after the Steve Harvey 90 day rule, like going into fourth month, I would say six out of eight, well, maybe more, eight out of every 10 times of the experiences I've had, I end up violating God's law. I may not have sex with them, but I start getting into that abstinence jokey joke. Um, And if they don't have the same standard. That's so good. Oh, you didn't touch on all the topics by now. I'm all so the- sorry. I'm looking at no, the topic. No, it's good. Thought. It's good. Because I'm like, every time we have you on, I'm always like, gosh, we need to have like a part two. We need to have her back. But it's it's so good. No, it's so good. I was just going to say, you touched on the lies portion because you really got into a lot of the lies that we tell ourselves when we compromise. You know, a lot of the... um. And, and then even just, you know, some of the lies that we're told that we know may be lies, but we believe them because we're lonely or because, you know, he looked good, it sound good, you know, or because of his status or position or role in the church, we think, oh, it's not a big deal. So I, I will just um, ask for lies um, if there are any other lies that you want to touch on, either that you've told yourself or that you've been told by men because it's important we always get questions uh from a lot of our um single or actively dating listeners in the be community they always are like what red flags should i be looking for you know so can you talk a little bit about that well you know and maybe because i most recently um got out of an engagement from a liar um <laughs> who I really do believe has the gift of prophecy. I really do believe he has great call in his life, but he has, I want to say a thorn. He has, he's stuck in a, in a huckleberry bush um, of <laughs> thorns um, to keep him humble before the Lord. And, you know, he's forgiven. He's asked for forgiveness. Um, I want to say, especially if you are a new Christian in Christ, a new woman in Christ, please beware that Christian men, just like Christian women, are still in the process. And I've seen some younger Christians in Christ or women who've never dated Christian men to take wholeheartedly everything they say as gospel truth because they've never had a man to say, let's pray together. What's your vision? What's, you know, God's discerning? Because it can get exciting. And even though I've been saved since, I mean, sincerely since seven, the second time I interacted with, and I don't want to make it about him, but just in this example, the second time I interacted with him, we had an early morning prayer that was so powerful, it sort of freaked me out and it didn't help. When I say powerful, it felt very like, but it freaked me out because soon after that, he's like, God told me you're my wife. And so I didn't talk to him for several months. I didn't talk to him for several months. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, something wrong with that. Um, we and have a so, whole show called that. God told me you're my wife. Stories about that. But go ahead. 
<laughs> even to this day, he's like, I got a prophetic word. I'm like, if do not call my, I'm not even responding to your call. Like, but so for months, we did not date. We were just friends. We always had a prophetic word. And I just, and I, what I didn't realize is that was causing me to trust him more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, ooh, oh, ooh, Father Jesus. So red flags. I saw him lying about things that had very little consequence. Um, and it may not have been often, but it was enough for me like, oh, and, but I'm like, he's a man of God. He's, he's hit the prophecies. A huge red flag is someone who lies. And mm-hmm. so if you see a lie and maybe they're thinking it's jesting, you still, in my opinion, need to address it. Like, man, you ain't telling the truth in that. Just see how they respond. If they're like, yeah, I was joking, that was wrong, I shouldn't do that. Or if they make an excuse for it, or worse yet, they still go with the lie, and you're like. Um, another red flag is someone, oh God, there's so many. Is someone who apologizes for something, but then later makes excuses for it. Mm. So the apology was never sincere. So you can't trust what they say. Another red flag, especially, we're talking about Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who says that they can commit to you, but they have a problem with committing to a job, they have a problem with committing to a church, they've been a part of three churches in two years, um, their spiritual daddy changes every six months, they have an issue with commitment. Mm-hmm. And they'll be the kind to bring you all the way to the altar and they say, well, you know what, I don't know. I don't know if we are, right? Yeah. Why is I tell myself, I think the biggest, and again, I'm in that post-40 generation world. I've now seen other Christian women struggle in marriages with godly men, men who, by every education, they were equally yoked with. I've been really blessed to see both my best friends have very successful marriages and struggles in other areas. But when it comes to some of those big things, we think like fidelity, money, whatever. Um, I've seen people marry someone and the guy refuses to work. I've seen people marry someone and their minister husband cheats on them since they've gotten married more than once. So I'm like, he may be saved, but not all the way there. Or maybe I see him as a liar sometimes, but everybody got something. So that'll just be mine. That's a lie that not that I would change him, but that it'll work out. But if God is putting something on your heart, because none of us are perfect, but if he's pressing on your heart, like, mm -mm, mm -mm, this is deeper, don't ignore it just because you see someone else's relationship that has something that you would consider a deal breaker, fidelity, money. Like, I'm a money fidelity person. You ain't got no money. You going to cheat on me? But you lying, how can I trust and submit to you? So one of my lies to myself I would say in the prior relationship is when I saw lies, I minimized the lies because I'm like, everybody got something. He's a prophet, but God kept putting on me. And let me tell you, he told me he was a widower. The third thing he said to me, because we met online, that he was a widower with a child, um, with a daughter. His Mm -hmm. wife died of cancer. I found out he no, not only was he not a widow, he had two living ex-wives. And the daughter that supposedly came from the dead wife was actually from a hookup from a co-worker. 
Wow. So when a person has a problem, not just with lying, here's how you know they have a problem with possibly lying is when they don't want to be accountable to what they said. Okay. So, or they don't want you to ask questions when it seems like it's very, it should be very small. Like, why haven't I met your daughter yet? And I'm, this is my second time in your state. Oh, duh, 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 duh. when you start making excuses for them, even to your friends and your parents, mm. it may not be lying, but you may be lying to yourself. Why are you making excuses? Wow. And I'll start right there. That's some good stuff though. And it's true. It's true. Cause you touched on the lies that we hear, but we choose to believe because we're lying to ourselves quite honestly. So it's it's a two edged sword for real. So and I, and I keep saying forties and over mm -hmm. because the way I move now is so different than the confident way I moved in my 20s. Like, oh, okay, I'm gonna find another man of God who could, and now it's like, God, can I find a black man? Can I find, okay, he don't have to be professional. Can he hold down a job? Okay, maybe he has a child, but can it be not more than two? And then you put on me, my conservative Pentecostal background that I'm now serving in, you can't even hold an office in our church if you are married to someone who's been married before or you've been married before and that person's former yep. spouse is still living. Yeah. I'm like, y'all are just, who am I going to find yeah. who's not possibly, you know, spent a lot of time in prison, um, overcoming homosexuality, or I mean, like, who am I gonna find if it's that? And I know the Lord has someone for me, but it can get really discouraging. At 20 and even in 30s, when I lived in Atlanta, where at least I saw a bunch of single men, it felt like, you know what, it's, but I'm also a lawyer. I'm the like top 1% of the country, right? <laughs> so I'm okay with my 1% being out there, but I have to remind myself, here's the confession, right? the truth that I have to confess to myself that I never thought I would ever want to confess, but like whether I get married or not, Jesus is enough. It is so real. And it's not to confess that I'm not going to get married because I know, I believe the fact that I'm a sexual being and I'm hot to try that I there's a partner there for me to try mm -hmm. with and to glorify and worship the Lord with, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But <laughs> I'd rather have Jesus than that whacked half in, half out. And in my position, the very real opportunity to just secretly be a sneaky link and nobody know it and get up in, this, in the pulpit and preach and preach people down and go to mission trips like I'm on now. You know, uh, these things that we tell ourselves, like God still uses me. People yeah. still are blessed. I'm a worship leader. People still blessed. I'm a preacher. People still blessed. And I'm doing, you know, God knows the flesh is weak. But you will be held accountable to that stuff. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Whew. Thank you. Thank you, Hope. I'm, I'm going to say in closing, and you you shared one, which is the, the main confession, quite honestly, that Jesus is more than enough. Um, we confessed a lot during the show, um, you know, as far as what we've done. But what I really wanted to um, close on is us 
the confessions we need to make over ourselves as far as number one, who God is, and number two, who we are in Christ. Like those are the confessions that will sustain us if we're seeking to live a pure lifestyle. And that's whether you're single or married. Purity is real on both sides of that equation. So are there any other um, confessions that you want to leave us with about number one, who God is, and number two, who we are in Christ? Well, definitely for me, the biggest one is Jesus is enough. Mm -hmm. And the fact is that the loneliest women in the world are not single women. They're women in marriages who can't get out because they still, and it's not even the spouse at times. Mm -hmm. They're not, they don't see Jesus as enough. They're still mm -hmm. not satisfied. This thing that they thought would make it all right is now an obligation. He needs to be fed. He needs to be sexed. The children need to be tended to. And it's like, those things are beautiful, I'm sure. I haven't experienced it. But when you're not feeling satisfied, I'm sure it feels like slavery. I've had Christian married women or a woman tell me, he don't think I'll divorce him. That's why he's not going to do what he knows the word tells him he needs to do, whether it's like, covering me, loving me, and this is not an abusive marriage or, or he, he, but he's like, he thinks I'm too saved to leave him, but I got some form. I'm mm. like, I don't know where to live. But as a single, as a person, you have to remind yourself you are worthy. You are blessed. You are lovely. You are beautiful. Because the enemy will try to make you feel like if you're not in a relationship, nobody wants you or nobody can want you. The truth that I have discovered, it ain't hard to get married. I have had at least six supporters who wanted to get married. I've been engaged three times. It's hard to marry right and then stay married and stay humble enough to the Lord. So the confessions that have helped me reminds me of like wherever I'm supposed to be, if it's not in your will and if it's not the right timing, then it's not going to be a good place for me. And I would also say as a single, and I know we hear it, and I know you can get mad at me. I like read Date Kiss Gating Goodbye. I've gone to premarital classes. I've read the book, you know, Don't Date a Jerk. I've gone to One Love, which was a marriage conference for singles. I've been a part of a group called Chosen, where from the old to the fat to the ugly, we've all been encouraged. Is there someone for us? I mean, <laughs> people may have a Blu-ray, but people still got DVDs and VHSs, meaning that there's someone for everyone. I feel like I've done all those things. Yeah. But one thing that I definitely find helpful, and I guess this goes back, it is a confession, but that your life is not empty. You're not a fraction. In fact, let's do what the word says. Not only do we have time to give ourselves a ministry, we have time for adventure. And there's a part of sex that's exciting that I'm sad that I've experienced it to know. So now I hunger for something sometimes that I shouldn't have known about. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that I can just go to Jamaica with at uh, the last minute and I don't have to worry about making plans for nobody else. I have gone on trips just to get away from someone I was attracted to. I've gotten involved with, I got involved with independent filmmaking. I've never shared this with anybody because this guy I dated that I broke up with, I was supposed to go to his family reunion the weekend of this uh, these auditions. And I later, or I found out that he had planned to propose to me and his family was calling me like, please forgive him, he loves you. I totally went towards a dream that I've had since a kid just to 
get myself involved with something else that made my heart fly. Mm. And that was acting and hosting. And because of that, now I'm hosting a show. So what am I saying? God's not putting us in a, a, a trick bag. Say, just be happy. You're single. And just serve the Lord. <laughs> Go for what you know, honey. I love bragging to my married friends about the adventures I could take. Not because I'm trying to brag, but as they talk about their children and graduation and anniversary, I'm like, girl, I'm two weeks in Diana on a mission trip. Amen. Having the time of life in a single room and I don't have to call nobody to worry about homework. I work, I just got a new job. I just got a new part-time job as a prosecutor of abuse of kids and child abuse cases. And my dad's like, how are you? Just started December 27. How are you going two weeks off and you just got a new job? Because I can, honey. I'm the only one that has to worry about my PTO. I don't need to worry about the kids getting Amen. sick, taken away from it. Amen. I got into a job. They gave me 100 hours before I started. And I took Amen. So... Find the adventure. If that's one thing I can leave, and I don't know if that's a confession, maybe the confession is my life is exciting and God has adventure for me. Amen. Because the adventure that people talk about is the planning of the weddings and the baby showers. But how about your adventure? Going for that thing that you never thought you could do. You're, you're an accountant, but you've always wanted to be like an Olympic swimmer. Maybe you don't try it for the Olympics, but maybe you start taking swim classes. And the enemy would try to make us so myopic because we're looking at other people's films. We're looking at their movie. I want a movie like that. And God's like, but you got this movie that's going to be so awesome. And it hopefully, if that's your desire, will have this great love story in it. Or while you're at it, have your great dynamic story that's just yours. And, and I'm not the kind that can just be bored and just, I just, I'm so glad I don't have sex. Who cares? <laughs> Why don't you push yourself in other, am I an intercessor? Right now I've been like doing a lot of research. I wish book on prophecy and deliverance. I'm like, when you talk about, I wanna have power. We're here in Diana and I'm like, I want to practice praying for the blind and believing they could see because the level of faith in often developing countries is so much that you even talk to the average missionary. They love going to Africa. They love going to South America. And in Europe, they're like, oh, we've had one salvation in two years. But the people here are so hungry because they can't just go use medicine and go use money to get something. And what I say all that? Because sometimes we think that to be obedient to God is so boring and just so in a waiting position. And I'm even, and I, I include myself as a very adventurous person. I'm like, get more of God. I'm in my small hometown. And now I'm like, you know what? Why am I acting like just because I'm in this little town? Like I don't have a passport. I don't have like flight, money for flights or or all that I can do is just preach like my parents preach and have Women Day and Men Day. No, I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to prophesy. I know I'm called to do it. So you just like flow. So like, I went to the project by myself and I'll start prophesying over people that like, y'all laughing at me. But like, for me, that was an adventure. I was like, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna try, like almost like open up your word. What does he say we can do? 
Ooh. And this is for if you're single, if you're married, if you're widowed, divorced. Like, there's so much adventure in the word of God that, you know, beyond worship and beyond listening to the word and doing good, like, maybe you need to figure out, like, what power you got in him. And whether you look stupid or crazy, try it. You actually may find there's like a joy, a satisfaction in that. I don't know why I was getting excited about that all of a sudden, but um, yes, I have even prophesied. I was like, you know, do you have a little girl? No. <laughs> do you have a sister named Henry? No. Henrietta? No. Okay. I'm like, Lord, I was practicing. I thought it's what I heard. I mean, just enjoy like the things he wants to do in you. And, and I say this so sincerely and with the fear of God in my mind. If you guys think of hope, pray for me. Because I want to be married. And I want to marry the right person. And I don't want to break God's heart by um, not being pure. And that's whether my relationship or not. I don't want to fall. I don't want to drown in shallow water. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, and because the people I love, I know love I don't want to be like a trophy of the enemy where people like I thought she was saved and she was out there doing crazy stuff. Like, I don't want, like, I know I'm capable of it because I know who I am without Holy Spirit's direction. And I just don't, like, even like doing this session, I get scared. Like, I don't want to disappoint you, but it's hard. I want to have a child. And I'm almost 50. And I know these are some awesome women of God who have had children out of wedlock. And God continues to use them, but they have a child. So I'm like, why is this some people can just fall in this up and they get what they want? They get married. They have a child and you still grace them to still be used. But it seems like sometimes it feels like it's just not fair. It feels like it's just not fair. And in those moments when I'm taking care of my parents at 78 and like they got fewer years in front of them behind and I want my own legacy. And there's someone who's like, hey, I want to fly you to D.C. and spend time with me. And let me just be, you know, I'm a grown man. Like, you know, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm like, God, help me. Because I want that. I want that. And that particular person, not only is he not saved, he's an atheist. He's asked me to marry him more than once. My dad loves him. Everyone loves him. And he's good in bed. And he makes me feel beautiful. And he's powerful. But he's going to bust hell wide open. And I don't want to be submitted to a man who can't pray me out of a paper bag. But I want someone for me. So I do sincerely ask that you pray for your single friends, that you not just judge them. Or they say that they have someone, you know, be a Tiffany where you need to be a Tiffany, but sometimes be a, a Michelle and pray for us. 
and sometimes being Jackie, like, let me spend time, like, what's going on? Let's look at this. Let's remind ourselves. Let's remind ourselves who you're called to be, what you're called to do, what heaven really is. Because I think healthy sexuality in a single woman is to understand it's okay to have that desire and submit it to God. To have positive male affirming friends in your life. To not be afraid of the fact that you naturally desire things. To not beat yourself up. But to not, when you're in your sober mind, to plan in a way that you know yourself. And then when you when you want to pretend to have golly friends who tell you the truth. I'm so sorry. It's just real sometimes. The, the world needs this type of transparency um, and you just being open and honest and just being real with your feelings is going to help so many people so we just thank you for allowing um the holy spirit to use you this saturday morning um thank you so much you don't have to, yes, don't apologize. Like Latrinka said, you don't need to apologize. We appreciate it. Um, well, we did want to ask you if you um before we close out, if you wanted to acknowledge anyone um uh, for noble character, it could be a woman that has inspired you, um, something in the community, uh, anyone that you want to give a shout out to. You know what? I'm going to change my mind. I thought I knew how I wanted to sh who I wanted to share. But in light of what this show has been about, um, I would like to do a shout out. She's going to be so surprised. To C. Renee Jarrett Little. She's a judge in North Carolina. We went to law school together. She uh, and I were roommates at Oxford. I've been able to see her life in, uh, behind the doors and in front. She chose um, she's, I mentioned she's a judge, but I've seen her walk in so much faith. She believed God that he, he, she's the one who would say the trick bag. God didn't put us in a trick bag. She believed God. And at, um, I think it was 41, she got married um, to the man of her dreams as a virgin, not just absent, but pure. She ran for, to be a judge and she was in the middle of fundraising and things were getting rough. And God made it where the person who was going to oppose her seat um, and run against her did not. So she was ushered into a judgeship um, in her 40s. And um, there's other things that are happening that just made me think, oh, we can't tell everything. But uh, she's just been, I think she doesn't understand how much I admire her for trusting God with her dreams. Even, even her dream to want to be a mother and I think she's like a year younger than me. So that's, she's 48. And just trusting God with her dreams. And um, and I remember when she would say funny things like, you know, sometimes like just seem like the hoes are winning, which is where I get it from. The hoes are winning. And, um, but she found an awesome man of God who had the 
same standards. She met him online. So next, we could do a show on the online thing because I got some tools for you too. You know, but, um, and he loves God. Amen. He loves, he loves God. And, um, and you know, and she's gorgeous, but she's not, you know, model thin. She's chocolate and short and got hips. Wears her hair short, natural. I mean, all these things that for some people, they think, oh, you know, that's not what's going to get a man. And um, and she's she can be a little zany, but I really feel so proud of her because her faith walk has put her where she wanted to be in her career, has put her where she wanted to be as far as love. And um, and I believe putting her where she wants to be as far as having a family. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, so see Renee Jarrett Little, Judge Little. Yes. Um, shout out to you, girl. Like, literally, I'm inspired by your faith walk, not just your purity walk, but your faith walk. You are a woman of noble character, C. Renee. Love it. Love it. I was trying to say earlier, I'm sorry, I was having technical difficulties, but um, we're going to close out in prayer because we want to, we don't just want to say, oh, we're praying and then it slip our minds or it not happen or whatever. So I want to close out in praying for you as well as our other single listeners and those that are just, you know, struggling or challenged in their personal lives, you know, um, even as a married woman, I, you know, I resonate with a lot of what you were saying as far as having children. So it's a very real place when you feel like, God, I'm trying to live how you've called me to live. And I don't necessarily see the fruit that I want to see, you know, and it's that line where it's like, okay, yes, Jesus, you are more than enough. But at the same time, I have this desire that I believe you gave me you did. <laughs> you know, how how do I reconcile Sex that? is a gift. It's from God. Yeah. That's one thing, too. Yeah. I didn't get that in. But yeah, amen. Yeah. So we're going to close out in prayer and we're going to call it. I know it's been a long one, but it's been good, y'all. It's been so good. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you so, so much for this incredible time of just vulnerability and transparency, Lord. Um, I was just reflecting on the fact that we can pour out our hearts before you, that we can come to you and we can lay everything at your feet, God. That uh, is off limits to you, Lord God. The good, the bad, the ugly, God, the things that we're ashamed of, the things that we're embarrassed by, the things that we want no one else to know about, Lord God. We can come to you with those things, Lord God, and we can trust you with them, Father. And so I just thank you, Lord, for allowing today, God, to set the stage for that, to set the tone for that, Father. And I lift up to you, Lord, my friend, Hope Dems, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for the incredible call on her life, Lord God. God, and, and I know sometimes that seems like that calling can be a thorn because it causes her to refuse to settle, Lord God, um, in relationship, Lord God, um, regarding children, Lord God, um, all of it, Father. It can seem like a thorn, God, because it's like while other people are getting this or doing that, I can't for whatever reason, or I have to do it your way, Father. But Lord, we know it as a privilege, Lord God. Yes. We know it, Lord God, as an anointing, Lord God, that is on her life, Lord God, an anointing that breaks strongholds, Lord God. Strongholds that were broken, Lord God, during yeah. 
very episode, Lord God. You have no, we have no idea the length, Lord God, that this message has gone, Lord God. The length, Lord God, that hopes life, Lord God, has already gone in ministering to countless women, Lord God, both married and single father. And so I just pray right now, Lord God, for a fresh wind in her life, Lord God, a fresh anointing, Lord God, in her life right now, Lord God, that you would strengthen her, Lord God, like never before, Lord God, that she would know beyond the shadow of a doubt, God, that she is not forgotten, that you see her, that you know her, that you love her with an everlasting love, Lord God, and God, that you have such incredible things in store for her, Lord God. I thank you, God, that her latter years, Lord God, would be greater, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, that she could even fathom or imagine, Lord God, that you are restoring God time that she feels may have been lost, Lord God, that you are redeeming, Lord God, what she feels like the locusts may have stolen, Lord God. You, Lord God, are blessing her with abundance, Lord God that you are giving her double, Lord God, for whatever trials, tribulations, or trouble she may have experienced in the past, Lord God. God, that you are giving her more than she could fathom or think or imagine, Lord Thank God. You. And we lift up to you, Lord God. Any other listeners, Lord God, that may, this um, episode may have resonated with, Lord God. Those that are single that desire to be married, Lord God. Those that are, are, are single that desire to be married and have children. Those are married that desire to have children, Lord God. Father, we know, Lord God, that you give us those desires, Lord God. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would comfort us, Lord, in those windows or in those peaks and valleys, Lord God, when yes. we don't understand the circumstances or the seasons that we're in, but we know that you're with us. We know that you still have a plan for us, Lord. I pray we would take solace in that, Lord God, that we would find refuge in that, Lord, that we would Thank find you. hope in that, Lord God, and be encouraged in that, Lord God. And Father, that you would show us, Lord God, how to continue, Lord God, to move forward in faith, God, to walk by faith, Lord God, and not by sight, and to trust you, Lord God, with every aspect of our lives, Lord God. I lift up, God, um, just this time, we lay it at your feet, Lord God. Yes. We just ask, God, that you would show us, Lord, how to live lives that are holy and pure before you, Father. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray, and we thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you. Whew. Absolute pleasure, Hope. Always. Always. Love, ladies. Oh, my gosh. Love you. We love you. Have a great <laughs> rest of the day, y'all. Enjoy your time away. Save some souls. Heal some bodies. Prophesy. All that. Allow God to use you in an incredible way. Walk on water. Yes. All of it. All of it. So you could close us out. I forgot about our love challenge. Go ahead. Yes. Our love challenge for this week is to show love to yourself. Um, you can do that by maybe pampering yourself, exercising, showing forgiveness to someone, going out to brunch with a girlfriend. Um, just show love to yourself this week. Um, don't forget to grab your merch from becomingevatoday.com. Um, and next week we'll be talking about love, marriage, and relations, relationships with special guest, Damia. Um, so we'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time. time.